welcome to Magnified Abundance, the podcast dedicated to exploring the power of a growth mindset for business professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Izzy Nally, a business growth strategist and a hypnotherapist. And I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of discovery, learning, and growth. Every week, I bring you inspiring, insightful interviews with successful business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs as they share their stories of mindset shifts that have led to their success. Together, we'll explore what it takes to cultivate an abundant mindset overcome the limiting beliefs and achieve greater prosperity in both business and life. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired as we magnify abundance and achieve true success together. Let's get started. All right. So hello. I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and How has money played a part in your story? Hello. So I am Kristen Allwine. I used to be a chief financial officer and now I'm your chief freedom officer. So money has a lot to do (laughs) with my story, my business and everything about it. So part of what I do is I take your big vision and basically collapse it down into like a 90 day year so that you can get more done right? We have this tendency that we want to, it's, it's a year out. And I always say to people, have you ever been in a wedding, right? Especially females, right? You're in a wedding. You're like, oh, I got time. I got time. And then all of a sudden it's the dresses and the dress fittings. And you're like scrambling, getting on and like running a marathon, <laughs> right? And we do the same thing in our businesses too. If we don't have set things, we can just, months can go by, right? And we're not seeing the results. So if you condense it in a 90 day year, add financial projections to it, cash flow management, all of that really helps for you to be able to grow, sustain, and see where you're going. So that's a bit about my business. So obviously what people don't realize, and even though I teach, you know, money mindset and help people with financial, right? They're like, well, you must not have had any. And I'm like, oh no. I've had some really crazy money stories over the years because one thing, you know, growing up, you know, you always heard about the cleaner that cleans everybody else's house fantastically, but their house is a mess or the contractor that you never want an actual contractor as a husband because you'll never have have all these unfinished projects. So true. So just like everybody, I had parents, they had their money stories. I saw different things. And just because I was educated on how you should handle money, what I could do for corporations, there were times in my life where I said, well, I do that for a job. I do that for them. I don't do that for me. And how to really go into, okay, well, why are they different? Right? Why am I doing it for them? It's interesting my daughter has amazing money mindset. But when she was 14 and started her job, she had to put 50% of it away. I set her up not knowing what it was like to spend everything she earned. I gave her really great 
yes. money mindset. When did I learn it? I started working when I was 14 too, but I didn't really learn what, you know, some people would say as to how you should divide up your money and what you should spend. I heard all the time about like 70% paycheck to paycheck, right? That was the expectation. You got another pay, like you got a bump, you then got a bigger house, you then got a this, right? Yeah. So I learned all of that. I had all of that money mindset in place before I started even working, right? That was not good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. You know, for, for so many of it, it's that foundational, what did we learn at the be very beginning and what did we start implementing? Because those are what we're going to have to rewrite and rewire. And I love that because yes, when we change our money story, we change it up for our, our children as well. Mm -hmm. So now that your daughter, she doesn't exactly, she doesn't know what it feels like to just spend, spend, spend. Like she has started out with that foundation. So you started out working at 14. First of all, what was your first job? I don't want to say that I was a handy woman. But when I started working, of course, you looked at her jobs in the newspaper and you got the newspaper and it was a woman that needed a helper. So it could have been weeding for her, ironing, yeah. just running to the grocery stores for her. And they're the types of things that I did, you know, outside hmm. of being at home assistant. and having an allowance. Yeah. You say it assistant. Perfect. Yeah. I could totally relate. Oh my gosh. My brother and I, we would cut and cut and weeded the yards of our neighbors. They were tiny little yards and we got 10 bucks each. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, yes. so what is it that your parents really handed down to you? So let's, let's start where it started. What did you learn about money? What was your original perception of money? <laughs> So it was really interesting. My mom, you know, graduated and went to college when I was and finished when I was like nine or 10. So, you know, she worked and everything. But as I got older, you know, she went through different stages, but a lot of it, she would hold on to her paycheck, right? She got two different paychecks. Um, one as a subcontractor, one as a regular W-2. And it was always my dad provided for everything. And I'm an only child. And my parents at times were very open with where they stood with money. So there were times where my father would be trying to like look and figure out, does my mother like to spend? Where, where the net, right? How we were making everything work. And he was very open with it, too open. And then you had, I saw my mother, right? That we had spending shopping days. We had this, or she would tell me how she put part of her pay away because she was going to surprise my dad with a new TV. And so she totally took the stance that she did not have to pay for any, like the food, the support, the anything, right? She could. And I would, oh, I was like always confused. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge, like different. And it's, it's very like gender separated. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to you at 14, like teenage years. None of us did it right. So no judgment, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I spent like every paycheck on getting my hair done. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, where's all my money? So fast forward, you're a teenager. 
and is are you taking on the mom role with money or are you taking on the dad role with money totally taking on the mom role yeah of course I was you know at 14 I was spending everything you know and then kind of like all right so that job did not last forever in high school I started waitressing right after a couple of fast food restaurants but even then and at that point in time I was very much on my own like friends would come over and my parents had a house down the Jersey shore and people would be like, there's no food in your house. And because it was all at the shore house. (laughs) So I got very used to being responsible that when I worked, it went to paying for food, right? It also went for me shopping and buying clothes. They were the two things that my money went to. (laughs) right (laughs) well because and that's that's exactly what you see and I think this is such a strong point because right like we just do what we know we just do what we see that's not our fault Um, but as we get older and we become aware then becomes our responsibility so now you're an adult Um, fast forwarding to being an adult (laughs) you are considering going from job to business owner Mm -hmm. how did money play a factor and what was the relationship with money at that point so at that point i still had that mentality right saving and really wasn't high on the thing when i this is actually my second business my first business i was married at the time my daughter was young And so it was all about having flexibility. And even though I was the primary person in the household and I made the most money in my corporate job, I knew we were fine, right? So there was still that ability to survive. I didn't have to worry about the roof over my head. I didn't have to worry about food. You know, my husband was able to, at the time, was able to provide all of that. And then I was able to bring in enough money, actually a substantial amount of money, because I literally walked out of corporate into a very strong referral-based company. So it was very nice, right? I did not have the same path as a lot of business owners do. And some of that just has to do with the background that I was an accountant. So therefore I switched my business right at January. So it was very easy. Um, Mm -hmm. I had left being a controller for a physician group. So it was just very easy to make that transition. And I did that for 10 years and got divorced in between and everything else. So that transition was easy. And I just, there has always been, and one of the things that I learned when I was waitressing is I always had enough, right? I always, I might not have had plenty and I might not have been having my savings account, but I always had enough that got me to, and money would show up. So I learned that relatively young, that piece of it. Um, That's huge. That's huge. And And I love hearing that you were an accountant. So that's a different relationship with money than what a lot of people going into business for themselves. A lot of them, they're lacking that wisdom. They're lacking that knowledge. 
And this is definitely, definitely one of those areas where knowledge is power, right? Mm -hmm. Like you had the knowledge to say, I know I need to start my business right at January. That way I'm not trying to like scramble and do half year taxes and, and all of that. And then being able to really look at the finances in a different perspective where so many business owners are ignoring the whole side of that because they don't want to look at money. Right. So as you go into your business, are you still able to look at the numbers and look at the finances the same way as you were maybe doing other people's? <laughs> the first round, no. <laughs> so did that, did that for 10 years, went back into corporate, went back and was a chief financial officer. And so this is my second round. And this had a very different feel. So this time around, yes, I have been able to actually look at, right, um, and that's part of why I teach it because it is so fundamental in your business, especially yes. managing un, you know, inconsistent cash flow. You know, you do this, you get these payments, you get this payments, you're not getting. And I was used to getting really large, nice lump sum payments every two weeks. Yeah. Right. So I really had to learn what it was like to manage. I get this amount of cash today. I get this amount of cash tomorrow, right? It's never the same amount. It could be at different times in the month. So yes, this time around, I definitely put all of those practices into place. And that's also what I help my clients with because it is so fundamental. Um, yes. you, it gives you a totally different view and it really helps you grow your business and make oh, sure. decisions. For sure. I, I'm getting to that point where I'm I'm noticing this more and more of different businesses that are more successful than others. And it is because they have a bookkeeper or they have a financial consultant of some sort. They themselves might be looking at their books and really like knowing the numbers and seeing if you're repeating the same money patterns that you have in your life into your business. Mm -hmm. And that's not good most of the time. <laughs> No, it's not. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stories that, well, you're not going to be profitable in the first couple of years. You're, you're going to have to. And the reality is it depends on what type of business you run. Okay. If you have a high inventory type business, yes, that is probably true. But for most of your coaching, you know, yeah. and you really, the margins are really high that you should be able to not <laughs> and not have a business that has losses for a period of time. And you can really manage that. And there's also a whole energetics mm -hmm. about being able to see what expenses you have, making choices on those expenses. And the universe, if you believe in the universe, God source, right? Mm -hmm. It really will help you in that this is the revenue that I need, right? Whether it's the opportunity, it's normally an opportunity, but then seeing different things, being able to go, oh, you know what? If I do this, this, and this, I'll bring in additional revenue mm -hmm. to be able to pay those expenses and pay myself, which a lot yes. of entrepreneurs go years without paying themselves yes, and they say, really should not like, do, <laughs> you need to pay yourself. You like, I always tell, and, and please let me know if this is good advice. Cause this is what I say all the time. 
I always say like when you're going in, it should really be a 50, 50, like your business gets 50%, you get 50% and, and really making that healthy so that you want to keep showing up for your job. Mm -hmm. Right. It does two things. One, you really want to show up for your job. Two, it goes, Hey, the more I make, the more I get. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good thing. Yes. That is, that is a really good thing. That's one of the big benefits of being a big business owner, right? Like if you make more, you get more. That doesn't always happen in a standard job. Correct. So that's definitely one of those empowering points. Now you said, so you obviously learned some lessons from the first go around on your business because the second go around went a lot stronger, right? Yes. What were some of those core maybe top three lessons that you really learned from the first. And I don't like calling them failures. I really like calling them lessons learned because when you like, oh my gosh, I've had so many businesses. When you close down or you end a business or it just doesn't survive, there are core lessons learned. So what are your top three that you took from that first one? Really remembering that there is an abundance of clients. Yes. Yes. And if you're open to receiving the clients, right, it's not that you can not put out offers. (laughs) You have to, you have to let people know what you're doing. (laughs) So, but if you're doing the things that you're in alignment with that sit well with you, you can attract the clients that do come to you and knowing that you might be out of your comfort zone, but it's a good out of your comfort zone and you're going to grow from it. Really? So then the second thing is, is when things are coming up, really take a look at it. That's a lot of self-awareness, right? Why is that coming up? I said to somebody, you know, like I said, I mean, I made, when I was in corporate, you know, I made a quarter of a million dollars each year, right? Not even thinking about it. And my business isn't to that level yet but it's growing, right? I'm already at the six figures. So yeah. But I said, you know, so I've received large lump sums. I've also received like $100,000 lump sums. And I was going through and somebody that on the back end that was helping me, you know, did a program and it was a year long commitment. And I was really shocked when I got the feeling. And I was like, all right, what's that feeling about? Because it wasn't that over excitement. (laughs) It was like that. Oh my God. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's it about? Right. And then realizing what it's about. Cause I knew it wasn't dollar amount. Cause I had received that dollar amount and more multiple times. So I'm like, that's not it. Right. And then I had to just really look at what, what comes up, right. Always look at what's internal to yes. then shift your external. Yeah. Uh, and then even though you think and don't want to look at the numbers, you're so much better off looking at the numbers. Don't make the assumptions that it's not for me. I need to be big business or anything else. It's important to schedule out and look and see. For sure. Like, that, yes, don't assume because you always should verify. You should always double check, right? Like we don't just buy something on Amazon without checking the reviews. Why would we want to make a decision in our business without double checking the numbers? And then too, like, so many of us go, you know, I probably don't have the money, but I know I need this. So I'm just going to do it anyways. 
right that's really the thought that goes through so many people's mind right and there's so much energetics about that and therefore the result normally does not end up the way that we want because you're putting that like oh I probably shouldn't energy into it yes you know it it brings some of this like shame and scared feeling I, I joke because I come a lot, I come around a lot of people that are always like buying crystals and they're like trying to like go buy something that they need that's going to make their money situation better. And it's kind of this, well, it's not kind of, it is, it's this scarcity mindset of going, I need this. This is going to fix me. Like mm-hmm. I have to do it. And then there's this other approach where my friends that are very much in money mindset, they're very abundant and they're like I'm going to buy these crystals and these these goodies because I want to create more of this feel good Mm -hmm. it's that same mentality of going oh I know I probably shouldn't but I'm going to do it anyways or you could check your numbers and go I know that my numbers don't support this but I am making an intentional decision to do this because I really think it's in the best interest those two, you're making the same decision, but the thought process behind them are much different. Right. And that's what matters. And that feeling inside, right? If you start having that, right, really look at that. What is that about? Right. Is it pushing you out of your comfort zone that you're getting it? And it's like that scared, or do you just not feel good about it? Right. Are you really like, what is the outcome right for sure for sure so what we we went over some lessons learned (laughs) what was that big aha moment for you when you knew something inside of you whether it was in your heart soul or mind that shifted that you're like i'm gonna do it different this time and this time is gonna work and i know it because I knew I did not. So I ended up manifesting, creating, right? My ideal job, my ideal office, everything was supposed to be perfect. And I hated getting up and going to work every day. (laughs) And I was like, all right, there's something wrong. So I knew coming out that I wanted to create something different. I have a different mindset than when I ended my last business. I understand more about abundance and how the universe and energy works. So I was like, I just need to start using and leaning in and trusting the universe more and knowing that the more I go in and the more that everything is just a belief. And if I, if it doesn't make sense, I can go, well, it doesn't make sense. Or it's really, really not serving me. I tell people I had a client that their money, they felt that having service charges was just the cost of doing business. So he never thought twice about overdrafting and just continued running his business as if not taking into consideration the cost Mm -hmm. that it was costing him. And so in my personal life, I'm not even sure why that sounded like a good idea. And I was like, oh, okay. And when I say I had some really crazy like stories, but what's so powerful about this story is it logically didn't make sense, 
everything in my bones as far as being an accountant didn't make sense. But mm -hmm. I started to actually go, well, let's see what that looks like. And I adopted it. And then I realized how much the fees were costing me. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is ridiculous, right? But then I could shift it, right? And that's what we always have to remember. And what was valuable about that lesson is knowing as crazy as it was, I was able to go into and start leading and having that money story and that be my money story. And as soon as I realized how ridiculous it was, I could shift out of it and always knowing that we have the power to shift out of whatever yes. story we're telling ourselves is so powerful. For you sure. Know? It's it's like clothing garments. Like you can put on a jacket and you're like, this looks really good. And it's in style right now. And you think you look really hot and sexy in it. And then you wear it for a little while and you catch yourself in the mirror. <laughs> and you're like, why did I think this looked good? This is so not in style. Like this, is, this looks bad. And then you take it off. You do not have to keep wearing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And our money stories and everything we believe is just like that. We can take it off and wear something else. And it's so crazy that you said that because I said to my husband last night, I said, you know, the whole flannel, flannel out like things. I'm done with it. And he's like, what? And I said, well, I really never was that flannel person. I'm not exactly sure just because I moved to the country why I decided to be a flannel person. And I said, it's comfortable. I'm walking around the house, but there's certain places that I'm like, you know, and if I'm going out just shopping, I'm like, but if we're going out to dinner and having a nice dinner, I'm not yeah. wearing my flannel anymore. <laughs> right. Well, and that's so beautiful too, because that was something that really hit home for me. Like certain situations, certain events, certain places, certain groups of people, different ways of presenting yourself and different outfits and how you would wear your hair and how you would speak and hold your posture. Like these can all change depending on where you're at. So why is it that we choose some over others? And why is it that we feel we have to elevate our perception or our style when we're in certain situations and that we can let it go in other situations? I, I found myself talking about money differently when I'm with some people than how I talk about money with other people. And is that being true to ourselves or is that just letting ourselves just kind of float? Mm -hmm. And my personal opinion, in some cases, it is letting ourselves float, right? We really want to build that connection. And sometimes we build the connection by saying, hey, that's me too. Mm -hmm. And I fit in. And in certain circumstances, we really should be sticking to who we are yes. versus trying to just fit in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This, this concept or this saying of go with the flow really irks me because there's two big, very different views of this phrase and it gets taken the wrong way so mm -hmm. many times. The same, the same way with the phrase fake it till you make it. Like, no, people can tell when you're faking it. <laughs> That's an internal shift that you have to make. So that feeling of like, I am abundant and I'm going to tap into that feeling and become abundant. Like that's not faking it. Like that's a real thing. Right. And then we can make real decisions from that. 
So going with the flow, like there's a difference between going with the flow and being in flow. (laughs) Definitely. And that, you know, it's one of those things, even with like the 90 day plan, everyone's like, oh, it's the journey. It's the journey and I'm enjoying the journey. And I'm like, you'll have a more stable business if you take a little bit straighter of a line than you're just going zigzag, zigzag, because you're going with the flow. So let's, let's dive into this because I completely agree with this concept. I do the 12 week year. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's very similar. Yeah. The 90 day year is the same type of 12 day. Yeah. Uh, 12 weeks. I mean, when I started implementing this into my life, let alone my business, things dramatically changed. I mean, this was serious up game, up leveling material. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're teaching this because yes, just as you said, we try to make a year and we always procrastinate. Most of us are procrastinators. So we take procrastination out of the equation and we say, what do I want to accomplish in 12 weeks or 90 days? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to make that happen? So many of us are going, oh, I'm just going to leave it to chance. I am just going to let I'm just going to put it out there and I'm going to let the universe make it happen for me. There's a certain degree of that that needs to be put into the equation. Yes, that is not how this works. Like we have to show up and fully participate in life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're like hiding in the coat closet and waiting until the room gets clean by all by itself. We're letting other people take care of our stuff. We're not allowing ourselves to show up and participate in it. We're just kind of in the background going, I'm just going to wait. Mm-hmm. And it's an excuse. So tell us more about this 90 days. Well, it's exactly like a 12 week year, right? You want to set up. And I always say kind of like your big rocks, you know, and it's, it's gives me the ability, like next week I'm doing a big event and I knew what the event was when I was doing it. I knew then I could reverse engineer when I needed to promote. I had a family and emergency last week and it didn't really skip that much of a beat. All of that. And, you know, granted there was some things in my head going, oh, I'm super behind. And then when I really like thought about it, I'm like, but I'm not really super behind. Right. I'm kind of in the middle of this. We know the buying is upfront when people do, and then people are going to wait right closer to the actual event. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of smack in the middle of it. So I can either push it off, which really doesn't work, or just stick to it. But I had this in my plan. So I knew actually in November what I was doing this month. Yes. Yeah. And and so this, this 90 days, we really look at that 90 days, 12 weeks, and that's really your quarter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're planning out your whole next quarter and you're really in your quarter, just like you would be in a year, but you're really, you're really taking control. You're allowing yourself to, and I want to say fully taking control because you are leaving some things to hope and you're like, I'm putting this out here. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm just trusting that everything is going to make it just perfectly, but you're not saying I'm going to make, you know, 500,000 this year. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm just going to let it happen. You can at least break that down into quarters and say, Mm -hmm. what do I need to do now? 
Right. It's all about what do you need to do now? We can't necessarily do everything in our business all the time. Right. right? So if you break it down into 90 days, you can get really good at something for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And 90 days doesn't seem like a lifetime. It seems like a shorter period. It is obviously a shorter yes. period of time. So you can layer in, which then also builds momentum. So each 90 days, you're adding on to the last 90 days, which is then just building more and more momentum Mm -hmm. versus, you know, when I wasn't doing it and it's something that I used to do in corporate and I learned it because I had year end goals and the first year that I had year end goals and they were significant as far as income to myself, I was like, oh, I'll just add more time. But adding more time doesn't do it. You have to be intentional every day to be able to hit. And then it speeds up time. It speeds up things, right? It puts things so that all of a sudden things are showing up faster than you would have expected. I agree. I completely agree. And and it reminds me of this this thing that comes up for me so often. I, I would see things where it'd be like, if you had one more extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? And People get so light and fluffy and they're like, I would do this and I would do that. But the truth is there's so many hours in our day that we squander away Mm -hmm. and it's, we just have to reclaim our time. We have to reclaim our hours. And when we have more focus, we can make that happen. And something like this, putting that time frame allows us to really put that focus into place. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you, like, if you look at seasons, seasons are 90 days, right? And I live in an area that we have all four seasons Mm -hmm. and some seasons seems a little bit longer than other seasons, but at the end of the day, they kind of fly. And a year can fly. When I was a Girl Scout leader and ran the service unit, we had an event every month. And so in like October, we would be planning out the next year. And we started in January with cookie season and you went through the entire year and it went through in a blink, but the amount of stuff we got done was amazing. And the kids had so much better of an experience. (laughs) Plus at the time, the leaders then could then weave in what they needed to do, right? Just like I know here are the things I have planned these are my non-negotiable for the 90 days. And then when I get asked to be on a podcast, I can go, oh, sure. I have the time to do it, right? I'm starting a major event next week. That's a three-day business accelerator. And, you know, I could still easily say, sure, I'll do this interview. And it's not interrupting next week. Yeah, It's not interrupting sales. It's not interrupting anything which is really nice because I have it planned out and I don't have every hour planned, (laughs) but I have, these are the main things I need to do. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. So, so tell us about your accelerator that you're going to be doing. So how many days, what are you covering? So next week's accelerator, and I do this actually every quarter, right before the next quarter. So it is a program that I run for three days that is all about, you know, what is your vision? I talk to so many entrepreneurs that are like, it's today. 
And I'm like, let's go a little bit bigger, right? Yeah. What do you really, what is your mission? Why do you want to do this? So there's the, that it's building out your 90 day plan. We actually will build it out along with adding cash flow projections so that you really get a great visual that can really set you up, not just for next quarter, but you can duplicate this because in this 3D training, it is very hands-on. You have access to me to ask, because I do, I add in like a one-on-one Slack messenger to it so that you can ask me all the questions. You can understand why we're doing this, why we're setting it up. And it's your plan. It's not mine, right? I'm yeah. giving you the outline. We're talking about what you have going on, right? You can also then add in, like, let's say you did have a family wedding in the next quarter, right? How do you work around that so that it doesn't disrupt your entire revenue stream mm-hmm. because of life, right? How do yeah. you build in life into this? So. That is what mainly, right? And I do it and then you start and it really leads into, it's part of my 90 days to success group program, Mm -hmm. but I kind of take three days, you know, at the beginning of the end of each quarter to set you up, but you can join the program anytime and you still get the same process. Love that. And I, I recommend that to so many people. I'm like, have a quarterly launch, if not more. And really put that in there so that you can get yourself out there as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I do this main event, but on the other months, I'm still doing events and I'm, they're just Mm -hmm. my, like their hour, right? They're an hour here. I'm still going live. I still have events every month. It's just, this happens to be the big one. Yeah. For the program. More planned, it's structured. There's like tangible results that are happening with it. Yes. Right. And then, you know, we've got our, our lives and our guest speaking and all that stuff that needs to be happening in between. Mm-hmm. PR is a real thing. People need to see you, to know you, to like you, to trust you. Like those, it's it's real. It's the backbone of, of marketing. Right. So <laughs> I love that. All right. So how do you feel? Just one last question. <laughs> how do you feel? And maybe this has changed when you do sales in what fashion do i enjoy it do i yes. go hey i'm gonna hit every one of them out of the park yeah, like what's the mindset behind doing sales for you that has really changed and that has definitely been a work in progress when i started realizing that technically every time we meet a person we are in essence selling ourselves as we're getting right and we're being authentic and we're being us it takes that view of sales to a different level right it doesn't give that car salesman type mentality of sales it just is like i'm being me i'm telling you as i just did here's my program right i'm not banging you over the head But at the same time, you're getting to like, know, and trust me in this process of having this conversation, which is sales, Mm -hmm. you know, being who we are is how you're going to generate more sales than being non-authentic to yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I personally like the word conversion more than I do sales just because it triggers so many thoughts of like cars, car salesmen or telemarketers and all this stuff because it really is a conversion. But like you said, it's, it's, I get to help this person and they're, they're going to give me money in exchange for me helping them. Yes. Like, right. It's exchange for my knowledge, right? 30 years of building out strategic plans, hitting goals, right? That is what you're paying me for. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all of your money wisdom with us today. We, we look forward, hopefully everyone's going to go check it out. So how can we find your, your three-day activation or acceleration? Is there ability to add links? I mean, right now, if you go anywhere near my Facebook, you will see yeah. it is the pot of gold. Pot of gold. I love it. Yes. So it is very much themed with the month and okay. themed with making money. So it is, if you hit my profile within Instagram or Facebook, you will definitely see it. Alignment, CFO.com, pot of gold. We'll also Alignment get you there. AlignmentCFO.com. Okay. And then, you know, your little, and then it's pot of gold. Perfect. Dash 3838. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we, I hope to see you there. I'm, I'm going to go check it out for sure. And I hope that other people are going to check it out as well. At least experiment if you haven't tried it before, but it's always, it's always good to keep learning and keep pushing ourselves in our businesses too. Yeah, you'll you'll see major changes in your business. Love it. Okay, I'm gonna be there then. Okay. I always want bigger changes. I always want to keep up leveling. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we should be doing. Yes. All right. Well, thank you okay. so much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Magnified Abundance. We hope that you found inspiration valuable insights from our guests' journeys towards success and their mindset shifts. Remember, cultivating an abundant mindset is a continuous journey. So apply the lessons that you've learned here today in your own life and business and embrace the power of growth and abundance. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Magnified Abundance on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll never miss an empowering conversation. And don't forget to leave us a review, share the podcast with a fellow professional entrepreneur or someone who you think can benefit from magnifying their abundance. And then stay connected with us on social media, where we share additional resources, quotes, and updates to keep you motivated on your path to success. You can find us on Instagram at Magnified Abundance. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to Magnified Abundance. And remember, when you embrace an abundant mindset, possibilities become limitless. Keep magnifying your abundance and watch your success soar. Until next time, stay motivated. Stay focused, stay abundant.